0: Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Hi, I'm Paul Listick, and welcome to Behind the Curtain. And joining me for this edition of Behind the Curtain, so honored to have Tyler Henry join me. If you have got sucked into his Netflix show as I did called Life After Death, it's just amazing. We're gonna talk about that, but we're also gonna talk about a new book that he's got coming out very soon called Here and Hereafter. Tyler, I'm gonna be honest with you. I did not know you during the four years you did your celebrity r- stuff. Yes. Um, you came up on my Netflix. I thought I would check it out because you looked like you were really nice. And I binged this thing in two nights. I just couldn't stop. So. Thank you and congratulations. Oh, thank you so much.
1: I appreciate such a a warm welcome. It's been amazing. And it's so surreal to see the responses on this show versus the previous one. But I've loved that I'm able to focus on everyday people, share those readings. And that for me really has always been where my passion has been. So it was amazing to do.
0: Now, we might be introducing you to some people who don't know you. First of all, go to Netflix and watch Life After Death, as I did, and you'll very quickly catch on. But Tyler is a medium. So, you know, he sees, or I should say he reads people's um, a past and, and messages coming to us from those who are departed. So let me start off with the question for the skeptic. So um, what do you say to skeptics? Some people who, I, as I tell everybody about the show, oh, I don't believe in that stuff. It, it doesn't work. So what do you say? I embrace
1: skepticism. I think it's important to never lose sight of logic and reasoning, but I think that you know belief can be multifaceted. You can both be level-headed and still be a spiritual person, still believe in the possibility of an afterlife. And I think there's a distinction between being cynical and being skeptical. Um, so many of the clients that I've read have been skeptics from the get-go, and it's why I've put such an emphasis on bringing up information that is unknowable, information that can't be Googled, can't be researched can't be read from body language, isn't a generality or a platitude. It's really those things, those inside jokes, those last words, those family dynamics that substantiate the reading. And I encourage whoever I'm reading, whether it's a celebrity or not, um, to look for those things because that's really the meat and the potatoes of the experience. But I totally get it. It's in watching it, television, you never know what's real, what's not. But I think the reactions that you see from these people really reflect this greater truth that they are affected by it. And something happens. There's a transformation that
0: occurs. So take this the right way. I know you will. But I'm happy I didn't know about the celebrity show for four seasons before I came across Netflix because Netflix was my introduction. And so all I knew were the regular people you were talking to. But you made the point that celebrities was great, but it is about helping and assisting good old normal people with with struggles we're all having.
1: Absolutely. And the universality of that experience, you know, in reading celebrities, it was great. I was able to touch on different demographics of their fans that would have maybe not known what a medium even was. And so that allowed me to start some really valuable conversations. But my goal growing up in a small town in Central California was always just to share these readings with people who needed them most. And at 16 years old, I graduated high school with the goal of trying to become a hospice nurse. I knew I wanted to share my ability with the general public, but I didn't know really how. And so this show is, for me, a a passion project and the culmination of really why I started doing what I do.
0: And what's really nice is, number one, and this gets better around episode five, but at some point they figured out that they needed to suck us in right at the end. And w- yes, were you are like, well, no, I, I have to go on to the next episode. I, I absolutely cannot stop it here. So um, oh, yeah. yeah, that w- that was just amazing. And then secondly, we actually get some of your own family's issues, your mom's issues. And, and I won't give too much away. People should watch it, but your mom's Mom is not her mom and your grandmother's not her grandmother and, and they're they're involved with murder and all sorts of interesting stuff. And um, it, it, was that something you said, yeah, I want to do that, or was that something producers said, No, we want you to add a, this personal flavor to it?
1: Sure. Well, you know, the timing was just synchronistic. I coincidentally, a few years ago, made this discovery after taking an ancestry test. I was expecting to come back as French and Native American, and I came back as Italian and Greek. So I realized very quickly I had to have a conversation with my parents because something was amiss. And once I realized they were both biologically my parents, well, then we went to the next step, which is grandparents, where we then realized that the people we thought were my mother's parents indeed were not. And that this woman had taken her and uh, that she had then gone on to commit a number of homicides. So it's a crazy story, but really one to me that reflects that of identity, the importance of sometimes going back in the past to be able to resolve things in the future. It's a theme you see in the readings and through the testaments of grief and resilience. But it's also one that you see in my personal life as we explore this family mystery and try to get some answers.
0: This goes back to when you were 10, right? When you you had some... some... Senses about your grandmother and stuff. So, but I have to ask you a couple things tied to that. So, here you were ten, are having this. Did you sort of say, "I'm weird, I'm strange"? Because you know, not every ten year old, even experiencing what you did, sort of said, "Oh, I must be a medium." So, you might must not have thought that. No,
1: it, that's the thing. At ten years old, you're still forming your identity. You're still trying to figure out who you are as a person. So, these moments of knowingness, as I call them, were really just incidences. They were just strange, kind of one off experiences. And it was only once I was around thirteen or fourteen that I started recognizing this as an ability, something that I could call upon and kind of do at will. And that very much changed this from being this kind of ethereal thing
0: that happened randomly to something that could be
1: kind of elicited um, under the right circumstances.
0: So one of the things you've written about, you've said this is not a gift, which I found fascinating because everybody would refer to this as your gift. You don't see it that way.
1: No. And I think there's almost a danger in viewing people as gifted on some level. It implies that some people are above other people or that they have something others don't. And while I understand that the talent or the ability is unique, I think everybody has the means to communicate with their loved ones to get those signs. We have an intuition, every single one of us. You get it when you shake someone's hand for the first time, you get a first impression. That's intuition. If you have pets, you know when they give you that look, right? You have to determine okay, is this the potty look or is this I'm going to get some food look? (laughs) We use our intuition all the time and we just don't call it intuition. So for me, as odd as it was being so young and having these moments, as I grew older, I realized it was just a faculty that I had a strength in, but something that we all ultimately have on some level.
0: So it, it, again, I, because I've read everything, I kind of know a little more than, than maybe I should. But the other thing is, I think a lot of people think when you see the child who's passed or or the whoever who's passed, the parent. Most people think, oh, they're chatting with you. are talking to the parent, but you're not. You're talking to your spiritual guide. They're the ones in communication with that person who's who's not
1: with exactly. us. And that's my belief. So I really believe that as I act as an intermediary, I also have an intermediary on the other side that I work with. So kind of think of it as like a medium on the other side, that works with the medium on this side. And so it's very interpretational, um, but very dependent on my guides, which I've developed a relationship with over decades now. And and it's been definitely a a learning process. They're still very mysterious to me. Um, They certainly remind me of the importance of being humble. Anytime I try to figure out who they are or what they are, they kind of laugh at me and are like,
0: yeah, good luck, nice try. So I've kind of learned my place. (laughs) Do you believe in, in reincarnation? And by that, I mean this. I've lost my parents over the last few years and I I do feel them with me, but like, I don't sense my grandparents in the same way. And I know sometimes you're talking to several generations. Do we come back? I mean, so how are you connecting with a soul that might be a grandparent? You talk to grandparents, but they've been gone for a long time. So do we come back? And you, by the way, clearly an old soul. So do you think you are a reincarnation of, you know, to, to be the way you are, you're, you're 25, whatever going on 50. So do you believe in these old soul concepts?
1: Well, thank you. I I appreciate that. You know, I feel like I'm learning something new from every reading, but uh, from my belief, you know, I will say in my first book, I talk about it a little bit more at length in part, because it's such a technical thing. I do believe in reincarnation. However, I have a different view of it than kind of your typical linear understanding of reincarnation. A linear understanding is that, you know, we're born, we die, we're reborn, we die, That's pretty straightforward, right? My belief is that reincarnation is a little bit more multifaceted. I think it's something that transcends time. I think that the soul is not just a single unit. It's something that can exist in multiple places at once. Um, So I kind of think of it, if we look at our lives, as almost like different fingers on the same hand, different incarnations but they're all connected to that singular hand, right? So that's kind of the best way to word it. I know it's a very kind of ambiguous thing, but I believe reincarnation can still exist and people still come through. I just think the essence of the soul is so complicated. It could exist in multiple people at the same time. It could transcend time itself. There's a lot of questions I as a medium have.
0: What about historical figures? So I told you I'm in my home library right now, and I mentioned before we started some of the things I have. Um just I mean, can we still can you can anybody still communicate with Abraham Lincoln or John F. Kennedy or have have they returned now in other forms? And that's not like Do you. Can you communicate with historical figures?
1: It's a great question. I have brought through technically some historical figures in one way or another through people that had connections to them. And that's key. Uh, if you handed me George Washington's teeth. Wooden teeth. uh, I wouldn't be able to probably connect much about George Washington. But if you had George Washington's descendant, who let's say in this world he happened to know, um, then George Washington may come through. So I really believe it's more about the people that carry the energy of loved ones than really objects. It really is just stuff. And even when a client brings an object, it's just there as a reminder of who they're hoping to hear from.
0: I would think that. And so the other thing you share in your show, Tyler, is your side, your, your boyfriend, your relationship, the fact that you had a collapsed Long We learn a lot about you. So I'm sort of curious, number one, what propels you to share that? And of course, number two, like with the boyfriend, there's a scene where you guys are on like a mountain or somewhere. And I mean, there are cameras right there. You're mic'd up. So, you know, clearly what's supposed to be private and whatever isn't. You've got somebody with a lens right over. I understand that concept. How do you handle all that?
1: Absolutely. Well, it definitely can feel like being under a microscope a little bit, but I actually got used to it very quickly in the first few weeks of being on camera. I was mic'd around the clock. They were following me around the clock. So after a while, you kind of just forget that's there and and it actually works pretty easily. But I would say it was important for me me to show kind of these personal things, the health struggles, the stress that I go through as a way to give people an understanding of this ability. It can seem like on Hollywood medium, you know, I show up, I do the reading, I leave, everything's hunky dory. This show really conveys that there's a lot I go through leading up and long after that has to be processed to do what I do. And I hope it gives people an appreciation of the process, but also more than anything, just an understanding of what a reading really entails.
0: And finally on the show, lots of questions. Will there be a season two of Netflix? I'm seeing some other people are telling you there's season two. So <laughs> when I read your feed, but my question there is, as people who watch season one, what do you want us, because you can watch it and just get the stories out of it. Oh, he just read so-and-so and there's net love. But I think you want us to get something deeper out of this. And I say that because of your book here, hereafter, where the message is not, let me tell you my stories. The message is, let me talk about ego. Let me talk about other things. you you have a deeper mission than just having us enjoy the show. Absolutely.
1: My goal in watching this show, Life After Death on Netflix, is really for people to get something out of it in a way that encourages and implores them to communicate to those they love in the here and the now. So many people that come to me have regret for what went unsaid or undone. And I think we can really learn from other people's mistakes in getting the most out of life so that we minimize our chances of regret in the future.
0: You got a tour schedule. I don't see Chicago on that tour schedule, but I imagine.
1: I'm going to add it. You know what? And I'm going to go get some deep dish pizza. We're going to make it happen.
0: I I love that. When you say that, I absolutely believe you, uh, Tyler. You're amazing, Tyler Henry. You've become this like phenomenon at, at such a young age, and I'm on my way out, and you're on your way in. Nah. Major, <laughs> so. Thanks for spending some time with me. I appreciate you. And I'll season two, I, I I'll binge you in one night next. Thank time. you. Fabulous season two. We'll be on it. <laughs> no, anyway.